Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today we have a guest from around the world. We have Laurent <laughs> Noten from Finland. Okay, so this is a first for the author to authority. We've had England, but this is a first, Finland. And Laurent is an amazing entrepreneur coach. He's a French national who left France at 23. Uh, you spent 20 years in Southeast Asia. Uh, before relocating to Finland in the summer of 2019. Um, his professional background is in market research and advertising, and he ran a small business of up to 150 people. So I'm excited to have you on today because you really understand what it takes to you know, get a business from ground up to you know, having employees. Uh, he's always worked for entrepreneurs, then he became a shareholder, and now he's on his own entrepreneurship journey. And he cares more about others than himself. And he has developed a passion for coaching, mentoring, and training people throughout the years. So that's his heart and passion. So welcome to the show. We're glad to have you on today. Well, thank you very much, Kim. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. And that was a great introduction, I have to say. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Everybody says that. But can I tell the audience <laughs> the secret? <laughs> well, oh, if you ask me about me my bios, I'm just really good at reading them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you ask me about my journey, I'm going to be like, well, I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure there's a few nuggets you can kind of pull out of all of those years' experience. <laughs> so, why don't you talk about that entrepreneurial journey? Like, how did you end up? Well, first of all, I guess the biggest question. Two questions is, why did you go from France to Asia? And why yeah. from Asia to Finland? Well, that's easy. Because of women. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Two, two, different, two different women. <laughs> so the, the first time when I left, when I left France to uh, Asia, I went to Laos. And at that time, my, my partner and the, the mother of my kids she uh, she was doing a, a master degree in um, to teach French as a second language, so teaching French to foreigners, and she had to do some internship to validate uh, a master, and she found like online she found like internship positions, paid internship positions that was that were offered by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Mm-hmm. And it was they were selecting based on a registration like file. And there was a list of countries that, you know, there were like 80, 80 countries available. And she looked at the, all the countries and she saw Laos and she put Laos as choice number one because she was like, well, I guess nobody will choose Laos. And she was kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so initially we went there for nine months and I just finished my studies. I was, I was not sure what I wanted to do. And then I said, okay, let's go. And that's, that's how I went there. So then you relocate after 20 years to Finland. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah, another woman. <laughs> so with my, with my, with my ex-partner, we stayed, we stayed together for, for a long time and, you know, 19 years or so, something like that. And then life, life happened. And after, uh, so I met, I met this other woman, she's, she's Finnish. And she had lived overseas for a while too. We met, we met in Cambodia. And after 20 years of Asia, I was really, really looking for change. Um, you know, Asia is great. It's a fantastic, it's a fantastic uh, part of the world. It's super dynamic, but at the same time, like it's chaotic. And I really needed something like completely different. I also wanted to get closer to nature. Not not saying that nature, that you don't have any nature in Malaysia, but it's a different nature. Uh, I was getting tired also of, of the heat. You know, I've been, uh, I sweat for 20 years and I sweat, I sweat a lot. And when she said like she didn't really like it in Cambodia and she wanted to go back to, uh, to Europe and we said, all right, let's go, let's move to Finland. That's how it happened. Cool. So how did you start your own small business? So, I mean, the idea uh, had grown in my mind for, for a while. I, like, like you said, I've always worked for entrepreneurs. Before I started, I started a business. Uh, I had shares in a, I was a manager shareholder in a, in a, in a previous uh, business I was working for. So it was like kind of, you know, step-by-step step growing. I have a lot of friends who are entrepreneurs that have always been pushing me like, you know, you should do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And I reached the age of 40 and I was like, man, if I don't do it now, I will never do it. You know, it's going to be too late. Yeah. And so Okay, I was like, okay, first step is like, okay, I'm convinced I'm going to do it. But then it took it took me another maybe another year just to decide what is it that I really wanted to do. And this is when I started thinking about, all right, what makes me me? You know, what is that I, I'm good at? What what is it that I like doing? And I realized that I've always had loved mentoring, coaching, training the people uh, I, I was working with. Uh, so I thought, all right. Let's be. Let's become a coach, and let's become a coach for entrepreneurs because you know I've been I've been doing entrepreneurship for for twenty years, so I kind of know what it takes. <laughs> you know. So, what has been the hardest part of of becoming a coach and starting your own business? I mean, you've worked with entrepreneurs for years and years, but now you're you're on kind of like on the other side of the fence and doing it all on your own. Yeah, I would say. There are two things. The first one, which is um, a recurring problem, is the imposter syndrome. Mm. Like, you know, I've always liked confidence in myself, which is which is crazy for, for a coach, but <laughs> I guess I guess a lot of other coaches I, I like I like that. So I've always had this voice in my head saying, you know, you're not good enough. How can you how can you coach this guy who is way better than you? You know, you don't know what you're doing, all, all of that. So that keeps on coming back and I've been working a lot, a lot on it to, to, you know, shut up that voice in, in my head. And that's, that, that is difficult. And I'm sure I'm not the, I know I'm not the only one in a, <laughs> with that issue. 
And the other, the biggest, the other big uh, challenge had been the the move to Finland. Because I started when I started, I was in Asia. My network was in Asia. So the first thing I did is I, I contacted I contacted my my the people I knew, the entrepreneurs I knew, and this is how I got my first client. But then I went to Finland and I didn't know anybody. And I took it a little bit too, you know, too easy. I did not prepare, I did not prepare enough. And, and you were all over again. Yes, yes, exactly. And then on top of that, I was really hit hard by by the pandemic. And uh, the pandemic, COVID, COVID nineteen. Oh, okay, pandemic. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Excuse. Excuse my French. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Canadian. I have no problem. <laughs> <laughs> and I lost all my clients. Like it was in March last year. I mean, it's not that I lost them. It's that they did not renew the contract with me because they were losing their clients too. And so you know they had to make this uh, make uh, some decisions. So that was really really difficult. The combination of both. Yeah. Really difficult. Yeah. So a couple of things you said kind of really resonated with me. Like, you know, I I think about imposter syndrome and there's times I felt that way, but it was really funny when I started RTI publishing, I actually didn't feel that way. It was the first Mm. time that I was, I was doing something entrepreneur and I didn't feel like that imposter. It was kind of like I finally found my place and I knew there was a lot more that I needed to learn and grow. But here's the thing I've realized about imposter syndrome is there will always be people who know more than you. I mean, that's just reality. But I realized that I was created and I had skills and talents and abilities of people who didn't know as much as I did. Mm. So to them, I was the expert, right? It's a balance. It's recognizing, no, I'm not the be all and end all. I do not know everything. Yes. Yes. But for a group of people, and however big that group is, but for a group of people, I am that expert that they need. And so that allows yes. me to walk in confidence because not thinking be all and end all, but by the same token, it'll, it freed me to help the people who really needed my help. Yes, I, I agree. But what is interesting with the uh, imposter syndrome is, like, like you said, I think I found, I found my why. I, I think I was born to do what I do. Like it makes so much sense and I truly, truly, truly enjoy it. And I know that my clients are very happy. Mm. Uh, but what I found is that when I got, when I am tired, let's say I didn't sleep enough, you know, or I'm, or I'm stressed. This is where it manifests because mm. I'm tired. Then I, then, you know, I can't think properly. Then I don't feel confident in myself. And then on top of that, bam, it, it, it shows up and it tells me, well, you're not good enough, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I need sleep. I just need sleep. <laughs> yes, actually, actually, but it, most, of the, it, most of the time, that's what I need, more sleep. <laughs> So I know you've come prepared today with some real hints, tips, and advice on cracking the entrepreneurship code. So I'm going to let you loose for a few minutes to share some of that valuable richness that you've learned over your many years of experience. Right. Okay. Thank you. It's interesting because I just released uh, uh, my latest podcast episode after I interviewed like 47, 47 guests all entrepreneurs and so I thought it was it was about time that I also compiled a little bit uh, what they what, what they talk and start cracking the entrepreneurship code code as I as I said 
And so I see like uh, common elements that keep that keep coming back. And the first one, and every time I, I, I'm asked that question, uh, when people ask me, what is, you know, if you have one recommendation to give to entrepreneurs, and I always give the same, it's like entrepreneurship is a journey. Mm-hmm. Like it's when you are, most entrepreneurs, they're hooked. Like if you got to ask the question on a scale one to 10, how much, how much are you? They say 20, <laughs> you know, and, but they all realize that, you know, it's going to take so much time to reach whatever the destination is, which actually you will never reach because what is important is the, is the, is the journey, is the, is the path. It's not the, it's not a destination. That's why, that's why we become entrepreneurs. But having said that, it means that you must be patient. Like patience is key because the life of entrepreneur is like the yo-yo. You know, one day everything is good, the next day everything everything is bad. It is like my my imposter syndrome. You know, we are quite patient. And patience and greed, or or you know, persistence, resilience. That's very, very, very important. The other thing I would say is something that, that I see uh, that we've talked a lot and, you know, it's the why, it's your purpose. Like every entrepreneur, they all want to, sh- to change the world, like, but genuinely, honestly wants to change the world. And they all want to help people with a solution or a product that they have created. And that makes so much sense. You know, being an being an entrepreneur, it's same. It's it's true with me. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's true. It's true with you, Kim. And so that's, you know, spend some time to find your why. Spend spend some time to discover what is it that you were born to do. I would say, another one that is important is people. You can't be an entrepreneur and just by yourself. You know, entrepreneurs. We often we often feel that we are isolated. We are we are alone. That is normal because there's a lot of decisions that it's difficult to, to share with others and we have to make those decisions by ourselves. And it's a lot of pressure that we feel it's difficult to share, but we're not alone. You can't build a business by yourself. You need people internally, you need your staff. But if you decide to be a solopreneur like myself, you have to, you have to rely on people externally. You know, you have to have mentors, you have to find coach, you have to find consultants like for example, I, you know, I, I got I got a coach in uh, for for my voice, and he help, he's been helping me uh, with my voice and also helping me with in front of the camera, uh, because I want to do more more um, uh, videos. You know, mm. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a coach on uh, uh, with uh, the, my digital marketing, because I reach a point where I can't I can't do it by myself. You know, I need others to be able to grow so that I can focus on what what I am really 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 good at. Well, and I think you bring up some really good points. Like you, you have to have a network of people around you. You mm. know, people hear network and all they think of is, is like clients and potential clients. Well, your network is so thin if that's all that's in your network. You know, I, I have a bunch of C's. So you've got your clients, you've got comrades. Those are the people who are at the same level of business that you are. You know, those are the people that you, you, you can mastermind with and, and you understand each other. And, you know, you can go to when you're having a frustrating day and you're like, I want to yes. quit. And they look at you and they're like, no, you really don't want to quit. You're just having a bad day. <laughs> yeah, I really yes. don't want to quit. I just want this bad day over with. Right. So you need those other entrepreneurs around you 
because they understand what you're going through. You know, when you go to yeah. your family and you, you're frustrated and you say you want to quit, they think you mean it. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> that's, and, that's and true. you don't mean it. You're just like, I'm frustrated. I need help. I need support. I need someone to understand. I need someone to give me an idea so I can solve this problem or just like a referral. Please, let's like send me a referral. It would be really great. Yeah. It would just make and, me and, <laughs> Yes, and as entrepreneurs, often what the, the a common issue is the fact that we are too much uh, into our daily operations. That you know we face walls all the time, and because we are like we are stuck, we we can't f- we we have difficulties to take a step back yeah. and look at and look at the big picture. And so you need people to take you back, you know, to give yes. you a different perspective and so that you can have like this holistic approach that, that, that you need. That's what I do as a, as a business coach, actually. Well, and one thing you just said just kind of reminded me of something that the last two years specifically I've been working on is I want to work on my business, not in my business. Yeah. You know, for so many years, I've done so much of the work in the business. But the last few years, I've really been working on bringing on good staff, bringing on key people, bringing on the right people with the right skill sets. Sometimes not fully there yet. Like sometimes I teach and I train because I want things done a specific way. But, you know, I've been bringing on people and developing a great team around me so that I can work on growing the business as opposed to trying to do everything in the business. Because you, you can't really do both. You hit a point where you either got to work on the business or you're working in the business. But if you work in the business, the business doesn't grow. Exactly. And then you become the, the biggest bottleneck of the business, which is like maybe one of the biggest risks that you can face as entrepreneurs. Yeah, because so don't be that person. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? It was the hardest thing to bring on someone because when I brought on my first person, I really couldn't afford to do it. Yeah. But I just had yeah. so much work. And after a while, I realized that it was worth it. But in the beginning, it was hard, you know, because I'm training this person. So I'm still doing part of this person's work. I'm doing all of my work, you know, and then I'm paying this person. And <laughs> But it was worth it in the end because, you know, now she's our content facilitator for the company. You know, she keeps all the projects. You know, sometimes we have 10 book projects on the go at once, right? She keeps all those projects flowing and going and I can work on, you know, growing the growing the company. But it wasn't easy at first, you know, no, and having to pay her and train her and but it was it was worth it. Def, def, definitely. Yeah, it's it's dif- difficult because, you know, this is you, this is your own thing. And there's so many things that comes to play. You don't want to let go because, you know, you have to trust someone and maybe that person is not going to do it the same way you want it to, want you to do. There's this the fear of where's the money going to come from? Like, like, like you said, yeah, so much, so much uh, at play, but it's, it's definitely worth it. That's, you know, use people for what they are good at because you cannot be good at everything. Your job is to be good at entrepreneurship, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it got to the point with her, and I mean, she's my best friend too, so it made it a little bit easier, but I realized that she had different ways of doing things. So, you know, I taught her my way, but I said to her, listen, I'm teaching you my way because you're just not sure what you're doing yet, right? Mm. But you know, it, it's gotten to the point that she, you know, we, we 
talk about a lot of things, but she's like, I want to do it this way. Okay. I don't care how you do it. <laughs> you don't have to do it yeah. my way, right? Like just get it done. If you get it done, I don't care how you do it. <laughs> as long as it's exactly. morally and ethically okay, I'm, I'm good with you. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You right. hire, that's it. I think it's Steve Jobs who said you hire people so that they tell you what, you, what to do, not, not the opposite. That's exactly what it is. You should hire people who are better at you at doing some specific, uh, specific tasks. Yeah, and I think I think sometimes we, you know, as entrepreneurs, we have to let go of everything having to be done our way. As long as it's mm-hmm. done and it's done properly, if someone does it differently, like, you know, Juanita, she also co-hosts the podcast here with me, so we do episodes together, but, you know, her and I have been friends for, well, I'm not going to tell you how many years, but more years than <laughs> I want to admit, but in some ways we're like, but we have some really major differences. Okay. I'm a go with the flow person. I don't write everything down. I don't have to log everything. I can keep a lot in my brain. And, and if I forget, oh, well, I go with the flow. Right. Yeah. She's got five planners for every area of her life and everything is written down and it's planned and it's organized Mm. Mm -hmm. and you don't move forward until it's planned and it's organized. So you can tell that some days I frustrate her to pieces because I'm just like, let's go with the flow. I don't care. Oh yeah, we'll just deal with this as we go along. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. You know? I can and, imagine. <laughs> and then some days I'm like, Juanita, we just need to get this done. We don't need to plan it out. <laughs> right? But here, yes. here's what I've learned. We balance each other out beautifully. Mm-hmm. You know, she's yep. learned, she's learned to flow a little bit. And I've learned to plan and organize a little bit, and we kind of meet in the center. <laughs> great, great. That's that's what it, that's what it is about, definitely. All right. Any other hints and tips for us today? I would say maybe something that uh, we I don't we don't talk a lot that is important is to take care of your of yourself mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs. That's and I'm when I'm saying taking care of yourself is both mentally and physic physically. Yes. You know, always compare entrepreneurship as being a professional athlete. Professional athlete, they take care of themselves. And, you know, this entrepreneurs, it's, it's the same level, the same level of difficulties, the same, it's the same level of pressure yes. uh, on your body and on your, and on your mental. So, you know, basic things like exercise on a regular, on a regular basis, uh, sleep, yeah, I know there's so much, there's a lot to do, but I can guarantee you that you will do way better. You will be way more efficient if you sleep, you know, eat properly. Don't, don't drink too much, you know, because how can you take care of your business if you're not able to take care of yourself? So that, I think that's really, really important. Yeah. Like last year, like sleep's never been an issue. I've always been one to go to bed early, get up early. You know, I don't, I get my eight hours, right? But last year, the fall of last year, I started having some health issues and I actually ended up in emergency mm. a couple of times. And, and it was a wake-up call. It was like, okay, yeah. I, I need to slow things down. You know, they ran all these tests on me and they really could not find anything too wrong, a little bit of high blood pressure, but that was about it. So they couldn't explain why I was having the symptoms I was. And they, they came down to, Kim, it's stress. You are stressed yeah. out. You need So, you know, that was a huge wake-up call for me. You know, and I, I've now had to plan and organize my days and my weeks better. I have, I take lunch breaks now. 
I never did. I just worked right through. Now I stop. I take lunch breaks. You know, um, a lot of times I was working in the evenings and I still work the occasional evening, but I've been trying to spend more time in the evening, either with my family or relaxing or reading or crafting because I, I love crafting. It's kind of my hobby thing, you know, so it was a wake up call for me that I needed to slow down. It also was the wake up call that I need to bring on more stuff because I was caring yeah. too much. And so here's something else too. And, and I don't know if entrepreneurs think about it, but you know, it's okay to start raising your prices. I had to raise my prices because now I'm having more people do stuff that I was doing so I could keep my prices lower. I can't do that anymore because I'm not making the profit. So you know what? I, I'm like, okay, prices are being raised. I've been building my business. I've built my clientele. I've built my systems. You know what? I'm worth the more money. Of course. It's actually, it's another, it's another point that uh, we don't talk a lot about. But as entrepreneurs, your number one priority should be cash flow. Yes. You need to have runway because you need the cash to be able to uh, invest in your business. Mm-hmm. You don't create a business to make to make money. That's not what entrepreneurs do. But you need the money anyway. You need the cash. Build the business. And so, yeah, do you have to be literate when it comes to financial management? You need to learn the financial financial management uh, basics. You know, have make a budget. Have someone who takes care of your cash flow forecast. Uh, be able to read income statement and make some decisions, informed decisions based on your financial data. Yeah. I know it's not sexy, but it's kind of no, but like it, it's, it's true. But here's the thing: <laughs> it's okay to make money in your business. Yes, I, it I is. think yeah. people have this mindset that okay, I just need to make enough to make sure the business doesn't close. No, make a lot. Mm. Here, here's the thing: if your business is making a lot of money, you're serving a lot of people, you're serving them well, they're happy. You know that. You know, um, I'm bidding on a job. And it looks like I'm going to get it. But they wanted to speak to some of my past clients. I said, yeah, sure, no problem, right? So I heard back from them. They're like, oh, yeah, your client so-and-so, he just raved about you on and on and on. Like, he's like, yeah, you know, you could tell that you've done a really good job for him, right? So it's okay to have lots of good, happy clients. It's okay to make money in your business. It's okay for your business to be successful. And here's what I tell people. If you have more than enough, there's a lot of charities out there that could use that money. Yep. If you, feel like, if you feel like you have more than enough, then give some of it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at least if you have more than enough, you know that you're, you and your family are taken care of. Very true. I don't have anything to say to that. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> So, Laurent, how can people get a hold of you? If, they, if they've heard this today and, and, you know, they're like, yeah, you know what? I could really use an entrepreneur coach. How can they connect with you? Easy. So what they can do is that first they can go on my website, laurentnotin.com. I offer a free coaching discovery session, approximately one hour. So you can, you know, you can try coaching and you will live with homework, by the way. Um, then also by email, contact at laurentnotin.com or on LinkedIn. But please, if you contact me on LinkedIn, you know, just write a little message when you just say like, hey, I heard you on uh, Kim's podcast. Can I, can I connect with you? Don't just send me like um, a connection, a connection request because I will not accept it. <laughs> 
So that's Laurent, L-A-U-R-E-N-T, Notin, N-O-T-I-N. So I always spell it out because sometimes people True. can't access the show notes, but they, the link will be in the show notes or his website, his email, and uh, as well. So thank you so much for being on the show today. It has been truly a pleasure. And this has been Laurent Notin and Kim Thompson-Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift that I would love to give you. Coming out this year, I am releasing my book, Author to Authority. And if you are an entrepreneur, solopreneur, small business owner, professional coach or speaker, and you want to find out how to gain visibility and how to build your business bigger, stronger, faster, then I recommend that you download a free sample of the Author to Authority book at www.authortoauthority.com forward slash get dash the dash book. It's going to be a great resource for you that teaches the author to authority concept and the six key areas that you build authority in and how you can use a book to do it all faster. So don't forget, get your free copy today.